a dating and makeover expert where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. Are you stuck in your head? (laughs) That is my biggest question to all of you. Rerunning old conversations, thinking of better responses, ruminating on someone's hurtful remarks. And do you worry about your worry? Right? Like, do you, you sit there like, oh my God, I'm worried. And then I'm, you're worried about being worried. And how the heck can you get out of your head? This is a really common thing that I've been hearing so many of you talking about, especially if you're a high achiever and you're an overthinker, it's going to happen. That's how you process. And there's so much going on in there. It's like a whole zoo of monkey chatter and conversations that are happening. It's like, like a party in your head, if you will, but you're so busy living in that head party that it brings you out of the present real life party that is happening right before you. And what happens when you can't stop thinking and and just be? If you have trouble sleeping or relaxing or having fun, you might be dun 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 an overthinker. <laughs> it's again really common and your brain keeps popping up with invitations to dwell on the familiar self-defeating thoughts and memories that back them up. And when your mind wanders, it tends to default to negative thoughts and this is what might get the best of you. So either you are dwelling on hurt you may have experienced in the past and scared that it'll happen again, or you're worried about the future of attracting someone who might not be right for you. And bam, that's what takes you right out of being in the present and connecting with the person right in front of you. It means you can't stop thinking those negative thoughts, right? Thinking and thinking and thinking until your brain is exhausted And so you are too. That's why a lot of times people find just socialization a lot exhausting and they, and you might even hate the small talk and the thought of like entering a room, just, you'd rather just sit in front of Netflix and chill out and because you ruminate and you worry and you question yourself and review past events at nauseum and play out the worst case scenarios. It's like so ginormous in your head, but here's the thing. It's always bigger in your head than it is in reality and to other people. But to you, it feels like quicksand. And the harder you try to get out of it, the more stuck you become. It's almost like an addiction, a thought addiction. It's partly because we are wired for negativity bias. And that's an adaptive way of thinking meant to protect us from threats. And the threats might start with, say, like a real toxic or hurtful situation or relationship, but then it becomes perceived imaginary ones that gets triggered by similar experiences. And it doesn't have to be like a, a, a total similar experience. It could be one trigger, one thing on that profile that seems familiar and you're like, oh, nope, swipe left or, oh, I'm out of here, right? Even knowing you tend to think more negative thoughts than positive, you're still addicted to your thoughts. And when you're stuck in your head, you're usually focusing on one of three things. 
One, painful moments from your past. Maybe it's conversations, traumatic events, like that girl in eighth grade who rejected you when you asked her out. And every girl that you go out with or every woman, you see the head of that eighth grader. (laughs) There's Susie again. How did she get here? Even though she's not Susie. Your uncertain future, that's another thing you might be thinking about. Maybe you worry that you will attract the narcissist again. So you interview everyone you meet to make sure you are protected from attracting that again. And the third thing is maybe it's a decision you have to make or you're second guessing it. Should I approach that beautiful woman? Oh, what if she's not into me. Why why would she like me? I'm nowhere near her league. It's all those conversations. So where does this all come from? Overall, you may have learned growing up that you could think and plan your way out of any problem. And maybe you had to. It might have been like a given sense of control and it convinced you that you could protect yourself from failure or pain. And in some ways, this talent for rational analysis has benefits and it actually protected you, especially if you grew up in an uncertain or unpredictable environment. More specifically, here's how overthinking plays out. Depression and anxiety. Research shows that overthinkers are more likely to struggle with depression and anxiety. This has been you know, proven. And although they think they're working on solving a problem, studies show rumination actually makes it tougher to make healthy decisions and to find the motivation to follow through on a solution. It also exacerbates the problem since it zaps time and energy that could have been used finding a workable solution. So you pay the price of exhaustion with no benefits because you're just staying the same. You're not moving, you're not doing anything. The second way that overthinking plays out is it creates an alternate reality. And what I mean by that is when you're stuck in your mind, you're withdrawn from reality. You're in the universe inside your head, which is often highly pessimistic, right? I talked about the negativity rather than engaging with people around you or focusing on the present moment. Then this constant analyzing without action to enact positive change can affect dating, relationships, and move you into further isolation. And your mind wants to hit the satisfaction that comes from figuring something out. So you make up stories to explain your feelings to yourself. Now, by doing all of this, it brings you out of your body, which is why dating is so hard. All of you who are analytical thinkers, you probably are amazing at what you do for a living at work, but guess what? Doesn't work when it comes to dating and relating. Connecting, relating, attraction all happens in emotions and in the body which is why it might seem hard for you trying to date in an analytical way. The other way it plays out, it's destructive attempts to cope. Some people, they quiet their constant chatter in their minds with addictive substances and behaviors like alcohol, drugs, sex, overeating, you know, playing the, the jackpot, whatever it is. But the chatter comes back and only like, gets louder to numb it out or, you know, kind of cancel it out, but then it comes back and it's often accompanied with new troubles that go along with the destructive behaviors, like problems in relationships, health, finances, career. The other way it plays out is it's just a negative cycle. You know, obsessive thinking can feed on itself, essentially teaching the circuits in the brain to continue with what has become 
an automatic behavior. And the more we fixate on scenes in our minds, the more upset we get, which leads to more obsessing. (laughs) It's a destructive cycle and a loop that goes around and around, which then causes complete stillness and paralysis. And this is why you may not do anything at all and plateau. So with me on the line today is a gentleman who is struggling to connect with women both online and off, and he is having a hard time understanding the lack of response from women on the apps. He gets kind of stuck in his head, even though he's social and he used to be an extrovert, he's now finding himself getting kind of stuck. And when he kind of told me about some of the challenges he's having, I'm like, ah. It kind of sounds like you're getting stuck in your head. And then I come to find out he's an accountant and we both laugh. So I hope I can help him crack the code and what is going on and map out a plan to set him on his way to progress with women. Welcome, Patrick. Are you there? Hi, Kimmy. Yeah, I am here. Yeah. Hi there. (laughs) Thanks for the opportunity to bring me on and uh, chat with you. Uh, Enjoyed so many of your podcasts. So it's uh, different to be on one now. (laughs) Yeah, now you're on the other side, right? Like, (laughs) it's like you can hide when you're listening to the podcast. And now I'm putting you under the mic, under the microscope, so to speak. Um, Well, no, and I thank you so much for coming on. It's even more special when I have podcast listeners coming on. And, you know, thank you so much for listening. And this is the magic, right? Like, I think just having you now come on and really help you pinpoint what's going on for you personally so that I can help move the needle a little bit. So, um, yeah, well, I would love for you to just share a little bit about yourself, like, you know, where you live and how old you are and a little bit of your journey and, you know, how you became single and then maybe then dive into the challenges you're having. For sure. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I'm 64 years old, live in uh, Calgary, Alberta, um, you know, Canadian. So um, yes, we hear. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I told you already. I, <laughs> a boot, a boot. No, no. Yeah. I love, love Canadians. You know this. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> So um, I was married uh, or together in a relationship for 30 plus years. Um, Wonderful, actually, marriage and stuff. I have a wonderful son from it. And um, and so it grew apart and uh, found myself uh, at 55 looking um, back into the dating world. And so um, it, you know, obviously takes a lot of time and, and you kind of describe some of me for sure in your opening there of, Mm. I wasn't, I'm an accountant by background. Um, and so most of my, um, you know, working life, I am retired now, but most of my working life, I, uh, was analyzing. So, um, <laughs> right. so I continue to do some of that for sure. And, um, the, the, the one weirdness about me, I guess, and, um, is even though I'm analytical and an accountant, I'm also an extreme extrovert, I would say, in the sense that I grew up on a resort. I, um, I'm very, very outgoing. I uh, have no issues walking into a, a, a large group of people and talking or public speaking, um, et cetera. So I guess that makes me a little different than, I guess, the stereotypical accountant um, personality that the people mm-hmm. I may have in their mind. So <laughs> yeah, no, you you kind of have some right brain exercise. So that's that's good. Well, what about when it comes to women? Do you find that, 
you know, while it's easy to be just, you know, kind of social and, you know, speaking and that kind of thing, it, does it get different when it comes to like actually dating a woman or approaching a woman? Uh, yes and no, Kimmy. I, um, I, you know, I have a lot of uh, women friends that, um, you know, and, and I, um, inorganically, I don't, if I, you know, say meet people through friends or whatever like that, I don't tend to have a lot of problem that way, um, talking and striking up a conversation and things like that, where I struggle and, and because it's, uh, I guess in the dating world now, and maybe more so at my age, I guess, I don't know, is that, you know, you go, you turn to the online side of things. And so that's kind of more, I, I mean, I've listened to many of your podcasts and tips and tricks and, you mm. know, on profiles and things like that, and, you know, try to adjust all that. But it's trying to, you know, what I think, when I'm looking at those profiles and sending out notes and all these kind of things and, you know, not either get nothing back or, um, mm. you know, and then I start analyzing, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, is it what I said, well, how I said it, you know, is it this, is it that kind of thing? And, and, and then, you know, like you said, you kind of get a little depressed by it because you kind of go like, okay, what's the matter with me? Am I, do I look that bad or what is it? You know, um, you know, so yeah, I think that part of it. And I guess the only other one I struggle a little bit with is sometimes opportunity, you know, um, what do they say that you can, um, you know, be, you can miss an opportunity by somebody smiled or they've really, showing you the body language or whatever and you you kind of don't take out the uh, take the risk or the challenge to go up and talk to them you know because you're scared they might say something or, mm. or whatever and so that I guess those are the ones I struggle with more so I guess mm-hmm. when you say you're scared they might say something what does that mean like what do you what are you fearful of um well I guess I've I guess I've always, you know, tried to please and be, you know, be a good guy and, you know, nice. And so, I, you know, I don't want to offend them if I, you know, or maybe it still, you know, goes back to those uh, school dance days when you walk across the room in fear of rejection by asking mm. the dance. Yes. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, now we're kind of, I think, peeling away the layers a little bit because, and, and this is common, right? Like on the surface, it seems like, well, I'm just having some trouble, you know, meeting women and here and there and blah, blah, blah. But there's always something that's deeper that might be attached to it. So I like, if you don't mind, if I can just dive in a little bit about that, like when growing up, um, how were you with women? Like, was there was it easy for you or did you have a lot of rejection happen? Like, tell me more about that. No, uh, I think I, uh, you know, I, I don't think I had a lot of rejection. I, hmm. I was always, um, um, I grew up in, like I said, on a resort and I was a lot older than who I was just because of a lot of the responsibilities I took on. So mm-hmm. I was kind of living in a, in an older world than I actually was and so um so I you know I dated and stuff like that in high school and I I don't think I had a real issue with it but yeah I don't know I think you still um 
you always tend to wonder, you know, like, am I good enough for this person? Or, mm. you know, like your, some of your podcasts, is she too cute for me? Or mm-hmm. you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Right, 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 right. Um, tell me more about this people pleaser in you. Um, well, I think, you know, I, I grew up where I was extremely responsible at a very young age. And so I, I'm the youngest in the, of uh, three siblings. And um, I uh, was one of these people that friends always turn to to get things done because they know I'd get it done. Mm. Um, or I was there for them whenever they needed me. And to this day, I'm kind of like that in the community. And um, so, yeah, and I, 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 it's not to please them in the sense that, um, it, I guess it just, you know, I want to do that. I was brought up to, you know, care about people and, mm. and be there to help them as a, when they need help and all that kind of stuff. So I sometimes, you know, go out of my way to, to, uh, you know, I'll drop what I'm doing, I guess is the best way to put it, to help somebody if they need it. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful quality, by the way, but I'm just wondering, like, do you ever get your needs met? Like, do you, are you able to receive and ask for help or ask for what you need? Yeah, I think that's where one of my weaknesses is that I'm the type of person that will stop and do anything for anybody. But when I, when I need a hand, I'm I'm not very good at asking for it. So. Mm. Do you feel like there's a connection there with, you know, just approaching women and dating, like maybe what you, what you're getting in your head about, and you kind of like indicated that is that, well, you kind of overthink what they are feeling or they are thinking and you don't want to hurt them or you don't want to step over anything or cross your boundaries, like that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right on. Actually, is is yeah, I'm, um, I'm 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 trying to think of what they're thinking <laughs> instead uh, of just letting them speak. <laughs> bingo! Yeah, I think we're getting somewhere. So, where does that come from? Do you know? Um, no, I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I guess it's just. Um, yeah, not really exactly sure. You, um, just I guess maybe kind of grew up, you know, in my um, in a family where my father, especially, uh, you know, um, taught us so much about, but you know, always solutioning things and ah. and you know that kind of stuff. And so you know, don't don't bring me a problem, bring me a solution, and those kind of things. So maybe just kind of thinking that way and you know trying to you know instead of just seeing what somebody says Mm -hmm. you know if you approach it maybe I'm trying to analyze beforehand kind of thing yeah oh my god that's a like kind of a big connection that you just made um just now with dad and you know very common especially with men I think that was a message that a lot of men had growing up you know like you need to provide, you need to fix it, just get it done, you know, that kind of thing. Were were feelings expressed in your family at all? Yeah, we were very, uh, very touchy, uh, huggy type uh, family that way. And, you know, lots of I love you and things like that. But, 
my dad was a strong European, you know, um, mm. get mad fast. And, you know, as long as you did what you, he had asked you to do and things like that, you know, then it was great, but don't, you know, don't, um, not do what you're told, so to speak or whatever. And, and he was very, um, you know, he, he never liked men that spoke, you know, um, like profanity and stuff around other women or whatever, that kind of stuff. And, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of always taught us to, you know, respect women and things like that, you know, but at the same time, you know, um, yeah, I think it, it, uh, yeah, I just think that, you know, you're right. I think it was more of a, we're there to provide and all those kind of things. And as the world's changed, mm-hmm. you, I, you know, one of your guest speakers, uh, Andre Parade, I think is mm-hmm. his name, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I listened to that one and it was quite interesting to how he broke down boys, men and and guys, I think it was, or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah, you know, you just kind of thought, wow, geez, I wonder, you know, like it, it's kind of, in my mind, sometimes it was contradictory because I grew up being that man that made the decisions and almost came across as controlling, right? Because you're, Mm. you know, you were told to make decisions and, you know, provide and do things. And then yet in, you know, uh, as we went through life and that things were changing and, you know, maybe you weren't supposed to be doing all that stuff either. So, so Mm. sometimes I guess maybe I get all that in my head and trying to overanalyze it type of thing. So, yeah, no, that's that's huge. And what about mom? Like, did she express feelings at all, or mm. what was her expectations? Yeah. No, she was a very sweet lady, and um, just yeah, she's always there for you and expressed her feelings. And um, I actually just dealt with her death last Christmas, and oh, uh, I spent a week with her. And yeah, she just was always always there, and you know, even through my. Um, my divorce and stuff like that she was just so you know so close and 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 there for you kind of thing so but um did she um so it sounds like she was loving and expressive and that kind of thing did she allow you to express your feelings with her growing up Yeah, yeah yeah I um you know even in after my divorce and things like that, you know, we, you know, she met sometimes met dates or mm-hmm. dates and things like that. And yeah, as long as I talked to her, sometimes I, sometimes I didn't talk to her a little bit, but whenever I did, she was there to listen. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, she was really good that way. But sometimes I felt like, again, maybe that childhood thing coming out that, you know, yeah. I, I need to solve this, not, you know, not have my mother solve it. Yeah, exactly. And do you see the connection with what you just said with maybe how you're approaching women now? Um, yes, I think so. Um, I think I'm, I think I'm in that real dilemma sometimes of trying Mm -hmm. to be that, you know, that, can I say modern? Um, yep. <laughs> yes, you can. Modern relationship versus, um, you know, uh, you know, maybe the way we were kind of brought up or, or what we, the, the norm back then was, I guess, type of thing. So to speak. Well, yeah. And just to kind of um, put it all together, because I think you're, you're starting to like make some 
realizations and connections here with all this. But, you know, when you when you grow up in a home where your father figure was this kind of strong stoic man who, you know, he just got things done. And then what was instilled in you is just get it done. And then you got his approval. And then on top of it, he had a fast temper, you know, so you never really knew maybe how he was going to react to something. The one thing that you could be sure of, though, is that if you fixed it and you dealt with it, he would praise you. Correct. So fast forward to now, I think that's what's kind of tripping you up is that like he he never really let you know how he felt except when he was angry. <laughs> like you knew that was going to happen. So you got really good at trying to guess what he was maybe thinking or feeling and predicting. And like, you didn't want him to get mad. Well, it seems like you're kind of doing that with women now. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're trying to predict or you don't want to, you know, make waves or rock the boat or, you know, like you're supposed to be the man. You're supposed to be able to like figure something out about her and then deal with it. But that's also keeping you stuck because you might be over assuming and predicting rather than like you said, just asking Mm -hmm. and just going for what you want versus what you think they want. And I think that right there is the switch. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does actually. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of puts some of the connection there for sure. You know, because like, say like you're, you're so busy in your head trying to read the woman's body language and, oh, did she smile at me? And, oh, is it okay if I go up to her? I mean, that's maddening. I can't believe that you spend all that energy trying to do that. Like, like Patrick, seriously, like, and, and in efforts to try to figure it all out, you already lost the moment and the opportunity. And so then you're the creepy guy coming up to like, after staring and trying to figure out for so long, Oh, hi, how are you doing? She's like, who are you? You know? So I think my point is that I'm saying it a little tongue in cheek is that instead of trying to figure things out, just move. Move the body. <laughs> yeah. If you see a pretty woman, you go for it. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, that's, that. and this, by the way, as a woman, that's what makes us feel safe. That's what makes us, like, like you because you're just being real. And, like, Patrick, you're such a nice guy. You, there's no way you can be that creepy weirdo. Like, because even if you wanted to, like, what you think is creepy is probably normal. That's my point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 No, it's true. It's funny. I you know, a funny story I wrote, wrote on a plane. Um, it was an hour plane ride with this lady and she, you know, we had a conversation from the time we got on to the time I got off my, and she seemed to show interest right, and stuff. And I get up, leave the plane and then just smack myself. It's the missed opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and no, it's like that, that sad romantic comedy that you see over and over and over again, you know, and, those who hesitate, you know, miss the boat sometimes. So, um, that, so that is there. And then when it comes to the online dating, like without seeing your profile and your conversations, it's hard for me to kind of guide maybe what is happening because it could be your pictures. It could be, um, the way you enter conversations. And like you said, and if anybody you listening is over the age of 40, like this is a new language for all of us. Like we didn't grow up 
having to meet people on a computer. So, you know, give yourself a little break, Patrick, you know, like you are, um, of the age group of when we actually talk to people, that's how we met, you know? And so it's just literally learning a new language and also like getting your profile and your marketing dialed in so that people actually click on you, you know? And so it it really is just like the marketing. It's like my TEDx talk I did is how marketing yourself attracts love because you could be the best guy in the world, the most social guy, but you know, if the website doesn't look the part or, you know, your dating profile, then she'll pass you by. So that would be another thing. But I I guess my question online, like, do you find yourself getting also stuck on like pretty girls pictures? Like, Oh, I don't know if I should reach out to her. Like, does that hesitation happen online too? Um, Yes and no. I mean, I think it did in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, I think listening to a number of your podcasts and, you know, some others that I, you know, I, like I said, I've gone back and, you know, kind of changed my openings to uh, people and, you know, uh, update my pictures and, you know, mm. those kind of things. So, you know, I've done quite a bit of work that way. Um, I, yeah, I've tried to open my mind. I think the other thing, Kimmy, is I'm 64 years old, but I, you know, I, I'm very, very active and I probably, you know, I, I do many sports at a level above, above, or, you know, uh, intensely than for my 40 and 50 year old friends. Right. So mm. it's, you know, I think that, um, you know, there, there's, I don't want to say a stereotype, but, you know, sometimes you think, you know, with people at my age, right. Well, it won't be long before it won't, <laughs> you know, he's going to be sitting around, right? Well, I mean, I, I so I, I tend to maybe gravitate sometimes to younger um, mm-hmm. you women. And um, not to say, I mean, obviously there's active women my age as well. So I don't want to mislead any listeners, but. Um, yeah, in know, case a hot woman is listening and wants your number, I'm just. Well, exactly. <laughs> and maybe I should just say that, you know, I gravitate to active by the way, Patrick, you and maybe I'd say 99.9% of men gravitate towards younger. I mean, that's just like kind of a natural selection, you know, and, and it's yeah. something. And a lot of women like younger men, you know, and 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 that is true. And I, that's why when I was a matchmaker, I always say, you know, go by energy, not by age, because right. there can be a really old 40-year-old and a really young 50-year-old, you know, just depending. But that's sure. what makes online dating so hard because you don't see the energy. You just see pictures, right. you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So no, I appreciate that. And, and again, that's just probably part of the puzzle, but going back to kind of the, the, the stuff that's getting you stuck. And then this kind of mantra you've been carrying about like trying to take care of women before you even get to know them. And I think that's, what's kind of getting you stuck. Um, one last question I have, and then I want to get into some tips is, are you, are, are you having fun? Are you, are you like laughing? Are you playful? Are you flirty? Yeah, once I'm, you know, once, I mean, sometimes I try to do it in, even in the opening, you know, uh-huh. question, what, uh, um, reach, when I'm reaching out, sometimes I might, you know, I, I definitely go into their profile and maybe ask some stuff about their profile. And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I'll try to be witty about, you know, something they said or mm-hmm. ever and that kind of stuff. And And then once I've actually made contact with somebody, then, yeah, I tend to be, you know, quite fun that way and, and, you know, try to keep it light that way. Um, I I guess my biggest struggle is, is getting 
you know, getting to that first date and some, you know, in some yeah. So what about like in the wild, so to speak, like, it, it, you know, like approaching a woman or like, will you oh. flirt and have fun and what's your body language doing? Like, um, I do when I'm in, when I'm not in a dating, um, situation. Yeah. Or how do you put it? Um, expectations. <laughs> so, so if I'm just, I'm, uh, Okay. Best way to explain it, I guess, is if I'm in my community and I'm down at the beach or whatever. I'm just, you know, I'm happy-go-lucky and, you know, know everybody and I'm talk to everybody. And so I'm kind of, yeah, I'm joking and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a great guy that way, right, kind of thing. But sometimes when I'm looking for a really, or sorry, looking to meet somebody, then that maybe that little more serious comes back in me. Sometimes. Yes. Yes. Okay. I kind of like, I kind of felt that from you and that's why, you know, the serious accountant kind of happens, you know, like in the beginning and, you know, this, this connects and correlates with what you said in the the top of the show in that it's almost like kind of this waiting to see if there's a connection and then you'll show that side. I think, I I think there's this like slow to warm up thing that's happening with you. That's also, so then you're missing the opportunity again. And so I want to go into a couple of tips because I do want to leave you with something like some homework, so to speak, and see if it can help with some of this. I mean, Patrick, it's so clear that like he's in there, like you, the guy that you were describing when you were younger living on the resort, like you are still that guy and, you know, life has happened and, you know, the divorce and you're older now. But I think what's happening is that you're putting expectations on yourself. And because of those expectations, it's stopping you, whether it's being that man, you know, and not overstepping your bounds or, oh, I got to wait to see if she gives me the signals and then I'll be flirty, you know. So I think the notion is, is to come in in all these situations with the fun flirty guy in your body without hesitation, period without worrying about what the women think or feel. Mm. Yeah, good point. You know, and and it's really it's almost just like a pacing thing. It's 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 just it's beginning a conversation or interaction in that energy rather than the uh, slow to warm up and now I'll be that guy, you know. <laughs> so, you know, cuz again, like she she might just see the serious accountant and think there's no attraction. Yeah. Yeah, good she point. Just know that in you. So, Number one, what I would do is I would, on a weekly basis, go into a social setting. It could be a restaurant bar. It could be the market, whatever, you know, like you're in. And just practice approaching women as if you are that guy, that cool guy at the resort. You know, fun, flirty, not getting attached to the outcome. You don't care what they think. You go after what you want. You see a pretty woman in the store, you go for it. You already have the skills. You are an extrovert. You know how to have conversations. So so trust yourself that you already have that. What I'm trying to get rid of is this monkey chatter in your head and this hesitation that's going on. And I want you just going for it. And... If she doesn't respond, cool. You'll go to somebody else. Great. Like, why would you want to, like, talk to a boring person who, reje- you know, and to me, rejection, there's no such thing. Rejection is just experience. And 
also, in my opinion, it's dodging a bullet anyway. Because, like, why would you want to talk to someone who's not going to be responsive? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Right? Okay, so that's the first thing. Second thing, so I want you, it's almost like going to the gym. I just want you exercising that muscle. Don't worry about what happens next. Second thing is I want you to, do you you like to journal at all? Uh, No, I'd probably be honest and say no. (laughs) Do you like to um, do like audio recordings at all? Like, like, could you talk into a phone on, on something? Is that yeah. like easier? Okay. Yeah. Cause everyone's different in the way. Um, there's all these different apps out there too. Like I, I'm just, I think like after one of those interactions, just kind of record yourself and how you mm. felt. Oh, okay. okay. So I approached this woman at the market and I felt, I felt so nervous at first. And then we had a great conversation and I felt really relaxed and confident, you know, start like really paying attention to you more than the woman. We don't care about them. Sorry, ladies, if you're listening, but really it's because this is more about you and your journey. And when you come in with confidence, we as women will like you more because we'll feel safe with you. Yeah. Good point. Your hesitation is causing our anxiety. Just so you know that. Okay. (laughs) And maybe that will help you. Like you as a helper, you don't want to cause anxiety for a lady. So maybe that's how you have to think about, oh, I don't want to cause her anxiety. I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to make her relaxed. It's funny, Kimmy. I had an experience in the gym the other day where, yeah, I was going, you know, she had smiled at me, but, you know, and, you know, lots of people smile at you, but so I thought to myself, geez, you know, I've got to go talk to her. But I, I bet you I spent 20 minutes going from, you know, machine to machine or whatever. And then I finally, she happened to be near me. And I finally, you know, said something to her. And we had a nice, you know, 10 minute conversation, right? And told me about mm-hmm. that she had kids and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, so it mm-hmm. does, what you're mm-hmm. saying does work if you but it took me 20 minutes to talk to her. <laughs> well, the, exactly. It's because you're putting expectations around it. Because, see, when you start thinking about it in ways of dating, yeah. that's what's tripping you up. Because you own, you already know how to do it when it's not in the context of dating. So just right. apply what you know and where you're more confident over to this space. And just pretend and act as if you're talking to women without the intention of dating. Yeah, Even though like, oh, okay, she's, she's, she's hot. You might like her, but just <laughs> pretend that you're just going in and having a conversation. Right. Right. Yeah. Good. Good point. Okay. And then the online thing, I mean, and I would love to take a look. I mean, I do these, you know, kind of assessments and, and maybe offline you and I can dive in and look at your marketing, so to speak. And I could give you some tips, but beyond that, Um, I would do the same thing online and I would try to reach out to as many attractive women as possible, just for the mere purposes of getting over yourself. And I don't want you even reading much because you're going to analyze it to death. I mean, yeah, read and see something that you're curious about and ask a question like you've been doing, because that's how I teach it. But don't put any like expectations or intentions around it. Like just pretend you're at a party online. And you're just going to chat with someone. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Don't go in thinking, oh my God, is this my girlfriend? Like, forget right. that. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're going to do yourself in that way. Yeah. <laughs> right? So I think, you know, maybe just doing those exercises, see if kind of 
the anxiety goes down and, and try to really be more in your body. And I guess the final thing I'll leave you with is before you go to a social event, before you go online, I would do something in your body to get you out of your head. So whether that is meditation, whether that's running, whether because you said you're active, like go do something athletic and just get the blood moving and circulating and just get into the body. If you danced even better, like whatever it is to get you out of like thinking so much and just go for it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, good point. Yeah. I, I liked what you said about just, you know, take, take the uh, expectation away of, you know, of this. And I mean, I've listened to that many times on your podcast, but I, you know, I need to do more of, of just, so what, right? So, well, yeah. And it lands differently when you hear it on a podcast and when you're actually like talking through things and how it's like really playing out for you, because like you said, the things that are going on in your head, it's not maybe the same as like someone else listening right now for you. It's this like, when we connected with your father and all that, like that, that's your journey. So like, I, I think it, it really is. You're just putting so much expectation on yourself. Like dad did with himself and with you. So right. that's an old tape that keeps playing and you got to get rid of it. And to your point, there is something um, that's called modern masculinity that is happening now where it is actually like in style as a man to be emotionally connected. And the more you, and it's not taking away your manhood, it's actually causing women to really feel connected because that is, is how we feel the chemistry is when we are emotionally attached to you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, well, how do you feel now? Well, uh, you gave me some great tips and great things to think about. And, um, you know, I've got my, well, I won't say work cut out because it's it should be fun. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and even the way you answered was more like fact-driven than feeling-driven. I just want to, like be observant to that because <laughs> you're like, Oh, I think they, you had some good tips. You answered in ways of thinking and not feeling. Did you catch yeah. yourself? Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> See, you did, you just exemplified what you keep doing. So I'll ask you again, how are you feeling in your body right now? I'm feeling energetic and, and uh, ready to take, you know, seize the opportunities. I think. Ooh. See ladies, wasn't that hot when he did that? <laughs> so much better. <laughs> it's so much better. Well, because now I can feel you and I can like get a sense of like where you're at right now. Whereas your first answer is more just the act of doing and the thinking part. So when you bridge those things together, that's when the magic happens. Okay. <laughs> Patrick, thank you so much for coming on and and just sharing yourself. And I know you've helped a lot of people today. Yeah, well, thank you, Kimmy. It's uh, great to have that opportunity to, um, you know, to share my story as well as so many I've listened to. So it's great. Awesome. Thank you. And thank you for listening. You joining me today. This has been the Charisma Quotient and I am your host, Kimmy Seltzer. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections and find love from the outside in. And if you want to know more, make sure you go to my site, KimmySeltzer.com. And if you are an overthinker, high achiever and tend to get in your head a lot, which is affecting your dating life, hop on a free call like I just did with Patrick. Imagine getting some ideas of breaking that cycle you've been dealing with for so long in just one call and just click the link you see in the show notes to book that. Remember, working on you is working on your dating life. That's all for now.